Here we go. The biggest week in the last 26 years in the history of Major League Baseball. It's coming up. We're going to break it down. We're going to keep things positive. We're also going to have to have some tough talks. Don't go anywhere. This is Locked On Brewers. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm Dominic Catronio, along with Vidi Rettino. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. He is an ex-big leaguer turned broadcaster. I am a broadcaster, now turned statistician. We are happy to be bringing you all of your Brewers news in the middle of a lockout. That is at its boiling point right now, Vinny. They have now met for eight consecutive days. Today is going to be the ninth consecutive day that they meet. Um, wow. I mean, it's it's been a whirlwind to get to this point, but you got to attend uh, the Arctic tailgate uh, last week, and sure. uh, I understand things looked a little bit different. Granted, Shout out to all those fans that did show up, but it, it's not business as usual as what we can tell over there at American Family Field. Yeah, no, I mean, look, best fans of baseball showed up. There, I heard there was a, a, about a good dozen of them that actually slept overnight in the single digits, which was very, very brave of them. But it also is a testament to the fact that, you know, the Brewers in Milwaukee in the city have the best fans in the game, in my opinion. A bunch of fans showed up um, in the morning as well, just to kind of brave the cold and buy their tickets. They were they are on sale on Saturday, and uh, it was an all day event, so that was definitely cool to be a part of. But um, yeah, I don't know at this point if uh, you know. I don't know. I'm going to let you get into that in terms of what is what this all looks like here for the Brewers and for the rest of the league. So I'm a little bit nervous. Maybe- what 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 was the sense like in the ballpark? I mean, these fans are forking over their hard-earned money to buy single-game tickets for a season that's supposed to happen, but by all intents and purposes, as it looks right now, will not be happening on time. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really brought up. I interacted with a few fans, and they're just excited about the season starting um, at some point. It really didn't even come up whether or not it would be delayed. Um, again, I think it's just... The idea that these fans love their Milwaukee Brewers and they just want to be a part of the season and whenever that is to yeah. take place. So it really didn't come up among this group of fans, but I'm sure it's in the back of their minds. So it's for me, I'm still in Arizona. If you're watching on YouTube, you can tell I'm still in the uh, the tough video quality mode right now. But uh, the, the thing is, is like here in Arizona... Man, folks are really, really mad and really disappointed because you got to remember, spring training is a major part of our economy. Mm-hmm. So having three consecutive years of all of these workers that you know don't get an, a normal paycheck from spring training, having all of these businesses not get the normal boost in sales for three straight years, coming off of pandemic to you know limited capacities and mask mandates to now just physically not having baseball it's it's really really tough to swallow out here in specifically in Arizona I imagine the same down in Florida um it I'm very disappointed quite frankly I mean I know I've preached positivity throughout this entire stretch but here we are up against it and there is still time but this is it I mean this this is it uh I I just don't know how else to to say it other than this is just a 
an absolute failure on the part of Major League Baseball that they wait over 40 days after locking out the players to then negotiate. And now we've got no progress. Well, there's very minimal progress in eight days. And I know that there's a chance that they could come to a deal today, this Monday. But, I mean, with, with everything I've read and what the experts are saying, I'm, I am finally at that point. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's setting in. Opening day will not be on time unless something drastic happens today. And it's, it just sucks. I just don't have another word for it. This just sucks. Yeah, and Dom, I kind of want to get your take on it because I know that you've been following it probably as close as anybody in the entire game of baseball, anyone in the in the entire country. And I have <laughs> two, but I mean, look, you've read that you've read multiple books on this. You've kept up to date on all the articles, dude. What is your feel right now? I know you say it sucks. It, I mean, just your gut feel. You say you don't think opening day is going to start on time then if that doesn't happen, the owners have threatened that it will not be a full season. And that is kind mm-hmm. of the um, thing that they want to avoid, right? They Everyone wants to avoid that in terms of the health of the game. And sounds like that's going to happen if they don't get, get a deal done tomorrow. So what's your, is that kind of where you're at with this whole thing? Is that kind of where you're leaning in terms of, you know, predicting the future and the outcome of this? Where I'm at with this right now is with the self-imposed deadline. This is not a real deadline. The self-imposed deadline by Major League Baseball and the owners to say, we have to have a deal done by today, by tonight. Otherwise, we will not start opening day on time. Let's say the best case scenario happens. A deal is made tonight. I mean, spring training would begin next Monday. You know, we would have games next Monday. So that's the best case scenario. And it's what should be happening. But the reason why I, I'm not optimistic is because they are so they are hundreds of millions of dollars apart at this point. And the point is, what the owners are going to do is they're going to spin it and say, you've missed the deadline. We have negotiated for this many consecutive days. We're not coming back tomorrow. We told you what the deadline was. And when realistically, you and I both know you could come to an agreement by the end of this week and still make opening day on time. But my fear is that the owners are going to say, you missed your deadline, call us when you have a real offer, sayonara. That's my biggest fear of all of this. And I truly believe they're going to do that. I I have been a huge, huge positive force. I, I just have tried to stay positive throughout all of this. And it's just been really frustrating as somebody who's such a massive fan of baseball. Mm-hmm who's somebody who's literally grown up in the game, Mm -hmm. been in some amazing places. I've got to work in some amazing places and meet some amazing people, all thanks to baseball. And whenever somebody who isn't a fan of baseball asks me, Dom, why do you love it so much? Or why do you, why do you keep doing it? Baseball's so slow. It's so boring. Why is it? And I have to continue to defend the sport for the, the actual product on the field and say, look, you've got these amazing superstars. You're going to tell your kids about Mike Trout. You're going to tell your kids about Max Scherzer. You're going to tell your kids about being able to tell stories of epic plays and memories at the ballpark because it is still America's pastime. But now to see the owners look at us, the fans and the employees and the people who make their livelihood in baseball and say, we don't care. We don't care. We don't care. We're going to make money. Even when we show back up, let's say it is a 140-game season like it was in 1995. People are still going to show up. The owners are still going to get paid. It, 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 there's no win in this. The, the, the loser is the fans. 
The losers are the employees. The losers are you and me. Because we sit here, defend baseball ad nauseum till we're blue in the face, and it just goes and slaps us. That's what it feels like right now. Man, that's a really well said kind of you know summation of of what it what this feels like it really it really does feel like come on like let's just and, and you see it on twitter all day long you see it on instagram and facebook all day long you know, like people stars of the game from yesteryear or even even now like okay it's time to play let's get something done let's get a deal done you, you see it all day and it's just not even close seemingly to happening and um it is frustrating. It is frustrating. It's it's a game that, my goodness, it's not even a game to you and me, right? It's, I know it's not even a game to a lot of fans, especially the Brewer fans, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, this is a way of, of, of life. I mean, we love this. It's a passion. You know, Charlie Green, we had him on the show. He's, he's a really good friend. He's one of the most respected people in the game. He's, I respect him more than anybody in the game. Because it's not, he, he says this line all the time, this is not my hobby. This is not a hobby for me. And it's not a hobby for me exactly. and you, right? And it's, it's this, is, this is our life. This is our livelihood. This is our lives. And it is for a lot of people. And just even if it's not a job or they're not employed, it, it's, a, it's a passion. And that is what's so devastating, really, at the end of the day, if, if something were to get done. Now, I'm going to flip it and say, I know the players are, fighting like crazy to get what they deserve. They have already been slashing their own deals trying to come to a solution to all of this. I I am still firmly, firmly in the belief that they are offering very reasonable concessions and also asking for raises at the same time. Is it perfect? Not at all. Especially last night's proposal of a ghost win for an expanded playoff. I don't know if you read about this, of where the players are temporarily maybe suggesting they do 14 game post 14 teams in the postseason but if for instance last season the brewers would have played the phillies the brewers would have only needed two wins to move on whereas the phillies would have needed to win all three games so being the lower seed being the last team into the playoffs uh i think that's stupid but that's where i mean they're trying to get creative at this point Mm -hmm. yesterday sunday there was nothing actually proposed it was just everything's packaged now right now that we're up against it everything's like well if i'm gonna if i want to propose a 14 man uh, a 14 team postseason then we're gonna also include with that a lottery of at least seven teams you know it's not one or the other it's both and then on top of that, we still want it to be a $230 million competitive balance tax, whereas the owners say, no, we're not budging off 214 So it's just, there's so many things that are moving, and it just doesn't feel like there's any momentum in any little way. And I just want to say, I, I've been a proponent about paying for your journalism and reading great, great articles, and there's been a ton out there this week, especially in The Athletic. And I got to shout out Ken Rosenthal, man. The the, the punches that this dude took, this, this mm-hmm. lockout, getting... Uh, not choose not being renewed at Major League Baseball Network. Remember, Major League Baseball runs MLB Network. Okay, reminder. So, what you see on MLB Network is still approved by the league office, which is why you don't see as much programming about the lockout and why you see all these repeat games and nothing good because they don't want to keep talking about the lockout. You got like last night we got twenty minutes of lockout talk. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. But again, 
Ken Rosenthal has been telling the truth. Ken Rosenthal is not afraid to call a spade a spade and not afraid to criticize the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. And Rob Manfred, man, you went out on that podium two weeks ago and said it would be detrimental to the game of baseball if we miss opening day. Well, dude, that barrel of that gun is staring at your face right now. It is you made this call that we cannot miss opening day. And it's because of you and the people that you represent, we are about to miss opening day and you should be put the 100% blame on, in my opinion. You know, at the end of the day, maybe things have to get this contentious in order for a deal to get done. Pressure needed to be put up, put on. So here's here's my spin of optimism that my my slight glimpse of hope that could come from this is the fact that they get something done tomorrow because of they are up against it. Like you said, that was very well said. There, there's a gun staring both sides right in the face, and, and hopefully. Um, it's too bad that it has to be, come to like a game of chicken almost. But at the end of the day, man, they just can't seem to budge and find something that's fair for both sides at this point, or or they feel like it's fair for both sides. And it seems uh, that's just the feel that that I get. And uh, hopefully tomorrow there is something that happens. And if it isn't done tomorrow, my goodness, hopefully they're they're they don't miss opening day. Um, again, I'm, I'm still holding out hope, but man, they are, are still far away from each other in this deal. Uh, but they got to get something done tomorrow. They just have to. Exactly. And again, you can still get something done by the end of the week and make it to opening day. Right. You truly right. Can. I agree. You know, today, this Monday shouldn't be the end all be all of everything. You can get a deal done by the end of this week and still play on March 31st. I, agree. I truly believe that. I to- Now, do the owners yeah. believe that? I don't know. I totally agree, and hopefully that deadline is just kind of like a, you know, um, a deadline to, to kind of scare the other side into getting a exactly. deal done, right? I think, I agree. I think spring training can be abbreviated and can still play on opening day. Yeah, agreed. So we're going to start spinning things positively here in a bit. Before we do that, we're going to talk about bet online with football obviously over and bas- baseball stuck in this mode that it's in. Basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. You've got all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props. To the next fired coach, where is he going to land? BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your scores, podcasts, and news as well. And it's not just basketball. They've got your best source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to their website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So with this normally being Mailbag Monday, Vinny, and me getting in my my feels and my negativity here in the first segment of the show, I wanted to bring things a little more positive. I mean, we could sit here and talk about who the Brewers are going to get. Who this, we don't know when this is going to be even able to happen, so why entertain these things? So I just put out a simple ask. What, made you, what makes you like baseball? What makes you keep coming back? And I love the responses that we got. We got a great variety. We got a photo of you in there, too, but... <laughs> Uh, we can just sit here and smile about some of these answers because I really loved some of these. And I, I want to start with Laura because she gave three great answers. And the, this is the one that had the selfie with you, Vinny. Uh, Laura says this, where do I start? I enjoy the pace of baseball, even if Rob Manfred doesn't. There is a timelessness to every game. And at the same time, any game can produce a team or individual accomplishment that's never been seen before. That sounds contradictory, but it appeals to me. And at least, and at, at least as important are the friends we've made, other fans, and some staff over the years. 
We don't live in Southeast Wisconsin, so we mostly see these friends just during the season. It's a family feeling, and that's the photo with you in there. I'm a third-generation Milwaukee baseball fan, and knowing that I'm following in my mom's and grandpa's footsteps and cultivating a fourth generation to follow mine is pretty special. That makes me feel warm inside, Laura. Thank you for sharing that. Laura is the best. Laura is my number one cheerleader. Uh, Laura or Deborah, I, I don't know. And number one cheerleader of this show, Dom, mind you. So um, there, she's absolutely the best. That's so poetic. She's actually a librarian by trade. Um, and so is her partner, Tom. And they are just tremendous people. And this is exactly why, as a player, I loved playing in front of people like this that just love the game that were just kind of fans of the game, fans of that underdog type of player. Um, my goodness, it's just, um, it, it's really heartwarming, really. It really is the fact that the game of baseball can bring that kind of um, joy and that kind of uh, just entertainment, but it's more than that too, right? It, it's, again, the way of life, and, and you can tell that it is that for some people like Laura, and, and that's really cool. Thanks for, for shouting, giving that Given that explanation, Laura, that's really, really cool. And coming off the heels of this, and, and you and I can can really relate to this one. It comes from at Big Deeds 50. Spending time with the family at the ballpark. Love seeing the joy baseball brings my son. It makes me feel like a kid again. Now, you got to play this kid's game at the biggest stage. And you talk to a lot of guys, no matter how long they spend in the big leagues, you it doesn't hit you until after the fact. Did it ever fit, hit you in realizing, you know, a truly a child's game, a childhood dream comes true in this game, and you, you see the kids in the stands that are all dreaming of the exact same thing? I got to tell you, Dom, there, and this is going to sound cheesy. It's going to sound unbelievable and not believable. I, I didn't take one day for granted. I thought I was the luckiest guy in the world for being able to play the game. I, I really, I came to the ballpark every day with a smile on my face with, expectations of of you know uh, you know just just a, a joyful feeling I mean it was just I was so lucky I, I never had to work a day in my life until recently right until I had to kind of get into the real world um, but my goodness it was I, I felt so lucky and yeah I never took a day for granted I almost felt I almost felt like um, I wasn't worthy really to play the game I, I felt like man I don't deserve this this is too much fun. This is too much uh, excitement. I mean, at the end of the day, I just loved competing and I loved uh, trying to win with a, with a group of guys. But yeah, I mean, you look in the stands, you see those those kids that are just hopeful to one day maybe step on a, a field, whether that's a, a, at the college level or, or the pro level. But I, I was lucky enough to play for a long time at the pro level. Didn't care where I was playing, big leagues, minor leagues. I always thought it was it was such a, a such a just a privilege. I really thought it was a privilege every single day. It was cool. That's a that's a well well said, my friend. It's a it's a beautiful game, and it just uh, it it's beyond compare. You know, there's nothing quite like it. So, Dom, I'll say uh, I'll say even on yeah. this side, I feel the same way, right? I, I know that it's not. Um, I, it's not playing, but it's it's the ability just to come to the ballpark, right, and cover the great game. It's, I mean, I I'm sure you feel the same way, do you not? Oh yeah, it's especially over the last two years for me. I know, you know, I'm not going to bore folks with the details, but you know, my last two years have been really tough. Um, but it's been baseball's been the constant in the middle of it all. So mm -hmm. it's just been, 
you know, like you said, you don't take a single one for granted because when it does get taken away, you realize what you had. Mm. It's very much you don't realize what you have till it's gone. And what stinks is as we move further and further into this lockout, we are going to hit this moment come if, you know, heaven forbid, if we're on March 31st and there's no agreement, we're going to sit here and be like, oh, my God, we need some baseball right now. So that's that's why we love this dang game so Mm -hmm. much. It's just so many little things. There's so many more we have to get to here as well. This was a good one from Chuck, getting some more of the senses involved here. Chuck says, so many things. The smell of the grills as you walk through the parking lots, seeing familiar staff in the stadium and having good conversations, high-fiving random fans after a big home runner strikeout, and the sound of the ball hitting a glove or a bat. Every year, spring training, you get the reporters out of the backfields, and you get those first videos of live batting practice or live throwing or whatever and you hear just that so clean pop and that so clean crack of a bat and there's just a rush that comes through you when you hear that in february as you look outside and you see snow and gray of just oh it's coming here we go this beautiful game with so many auditory and sensual varied uh, experiences that just make it one of a kind and that's a great way to put it by chuck yeah, it almost reminds me of the speech from the movie Field of Dreams, my all-time favorite movie, um, where, you know, the the thrill of the grass, you know, Joe Jackson, Shoeless Joe, is giving that speech about why he loved that game so much, and he would have played for nothing, and, and that's 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 it right there. I mean, it's the, the, the crowd rising to their feet when the balls hit deep, and it's it just really, it gives you chills. It really does, um, and it doesn't matter who's doing it. it, it it doesn't matter if it's a minor league game. It doesn't matter if it's an A-ball game or, or a playoff game like Rowdy Telez did this last year against the Braves. I mean, that those moments are they're just they're just special. I mean, it it it's and and to, not to be cliche, it's also timeless, right? It, it's time doesn't matter. It stands still, and uh, that is that is one of the cool things about baseball as well. You, in the in the present moment, time it doesn't matter. So. And that's a great point from one of our replies here as well. Leads me to my next mm. one from uh, from Jason. He says, The beautiful serenity of the game that can shut the real world out for three hours or so. Because for those three hours, and you get locked in, you and I know this, you know, from us doing a game on our own or when you're doing pre and post and I'm doing stats and you just get locked in when it's a close, tight pitcher's duel or whatever, or something historic's happening. Nothing else matters for those three hours. And that's just a great, great thing. Yeah, and there's so many moments in the game too in those three hours that can change the outcome of a game. It's uh, it's it's quite remarkable when you go back and you think about maybe a pitch that was called a ball should have been a strike, or or if a batter swung at a pitch that he shouldn't have, or if um, there was a little bit of a lapse in in the in the fielding, or um, you know every little tiny thing about the game is a game in it in and of itself, and that's what. I love so much about it. I know you do too. You kind of love the analytical part of it and and seeing the game within a game too. So um, that is, uh, I, I love that idea though. The serenity of it can get lost for three hours. That's really cool. I got a, a sentimental one before we take a quick breather. This one comes from Michael Garfoot, who, who's interacted with us a lot, and we appreciate your listenership, Michael. Uh, I think of my dad and grandpa. Me and Gramps are left-handers, and he gave me his old, old first base glove years ago. My first MLB game was with him and my dad to see Cal Ripken at City Stadium in, in County Stadium in 1994. 
Neither of them are, are around anymore, so baseball is my way of connecting with them. Mm. I mean, it is a family game, and you mentioning Field of Dreams, you know, it is about family and that the connection of a father and son and, and the, the generations that go on it doesn't have to be just a father and son, a father and daughter, a mother and son. I mean, for me, obviously, I, I grew up in a baseball family, and my mom is the superhero baseball mom, you know, of just, I mean, I got two younger sisters, neither of whom played softball, but you know, having my mom be the superstar mom, driving me to all the travel ball tournaments and high school baseball and saving the day when you forgot something or bringing a Gatorade to the dugout, that kind of stuff. And then obviously my dad being a broadcaster and getting that connection with him, playing catch, uh, you know, on big league fields is something I'll never, ever, ever Hmm. take for granted. And it's just those connections that you get. And and you being a father of three daughters, it's, it's definitely special for you, I imagine, too. Yeah, it is. I mean, and who's to say or who's to know whether or not they're going to get into the game. But I, I, I look back into my upbringing and my dad was one of those dads who would drop anything at the drop of at the at, at the drop of a hat. He would drop whatever he's doing if I asked him if he could throw me batting practice. And that was the type of guy and the type of father he was. So, I mean, he and I really connected through the game of baseball. And I know he was right there with me and my mom in the journey towards the big leagues. I know my mom could never watch an at-bat of mine or look at a box score. She said she was too nervous. But, yeah, I mean, it brings families together. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is uh, just, again, just a remarkable – I'm just getting sentimental here over here, just staring off into the distance thinking about <laughs> the, the game and what it's meant to me. And, um, you know, I know that I know that, but I don't think I really sit back and think about it enough like this. This is, this is fun. This is fun. So we'll take a breather, let you uh, sit and be sentimental and soak it all in for a minute. While you do that, I'm going to tell everyone about Built Bar. Here we are, last day of February. Keep it going with those New Year's resolutions, of course. And if eating healthy is one of those resolutions, Built Bar can be a part of that solution. It's great because you're actually eating something you enjoy eating. It tastes like a candy bar because it's made like a candy bar, but actually delivers like a protein bar. It's covered in 100% real chocolate, low calorie, and high protein. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It's delicious. They are all good for you. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And this month, they've got white chocolate cookies and cream. So you should go order it today, by the way, here, the last day of the month. And it's a typical candy bar can be like two to 300 calories. Again, this is only 130 calories. And they've also got the puffs. They're amazing. It's a protein-infused marshmallow. They've got cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. They will be your favorite. They figure out how to make it taste good first and then make sure it's nutritious after that. They've got their priorities in order. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's at builtbuilt.com and use promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, to get 15% off at built.com. And today's also brought to you by Rock Auto, of course, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models for your car. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the person behind the counter ordering parts on a computer when, well, you can just do it yourself at rockauto.com. You can choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store, or you can go to Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything your car could ever need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. I actually just ordered a new headlamps 
for my car, uh, for the car down here in Arizona. My mom's headlight was out. We had to get new headlamps, went straight to Rock Auto. And if you write in the section of how you hear about us, let them know that Locked On sent you to Rock Auto so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, a handful more here, Vinny, and a couple of them overlap here. Uh, and this leads me into a question for you. This I'm going to read a couple back-to-back here uh, from Brock in SB. I'm assuming that's Santa Barbara, so shout out. Uh, West Coast, best coast, baby. Uh, I love visiting other stadiums to see the Brewers on the road. My wife and I are trying to get to all the stadiums. We've done 16 so far. This year, we're going to D.C. and Los Angeles. I also love taking my five-year-olds to the games to get her interested in baseball. And along those lines, Erica also says, spending time at the ballpark with friends and family, taking road trips to other cities to see the team play, making new friends who love the game as much as you do, the sights and sounds of the ballpark, creating memories that will last a lifetime. I could go on all day. Those are two great, great notes. Uh, That leads me to asking you something, though, Vinny. Aside from Milwaukee, what was your favorite ballpark to play in? So first of all, shout out to Erica because I know she's a big, big fan of the show and she's a tremendous Brewers fan. You can see her all over social media and Twitter just getting pictures with, with players and stuff like that. So so um, shout out to Erica there. But my favorite stadium to play in, believe it or not, and uh, please don't you know tar and feather me for saying this, Brewers fans, but it is Wrigley. Wrigley Field. Loved it. <laughs> I thought it was super cool. I thought it was, I thought it was extremely charming. I actually thought... I'll say this very cautiously. I thought the fans were actually f- f- charming at the stadium. I don't like them at our field. I don't like them at Amfam Field. They call it Wrigley North. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was a great atmosphere for a ball game right in the middle of the neighborhood. Um, I, you know, I'll just again. I hope I'm not um, ridiculed too much for for saying that. But I, it, it really was a, a really cool spot and and the history. My goodness how long that stadium's been around and um that it has to be Wrigley yeah there are ghosts there you can feel the ghosts right I mean there's something special about Wrigley for sure uh Wrigley's a great pick uh Fenway is also a great pick for the same reasons uh obviously I never played on the field but for for me I've got some sentimental value with the old ballpark in Arlington in Texas um, absolutely love that ballpark. I know it like the back of my hand, much like the Oakland Coliseum. Those two just mean so much to me for what they did for my upbringing and my childhood. And those those two are my favorites aside from Milwaukee, of course. Uh, being able to see your team on the road is just so fun because you get that nod of respect from the home team fans. Like, dang, that's cool. Brewers fans are here in our ballpark. I think that's just the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah and I, I'll, I will say Bush Stadium is is nice i i just it, i wasn't that impressed with it and you know just to just to give me give me a little extra brownie points with you with all the brewer fans that you know cardinals aren't you know <laughs> just a little little dig there well if we're talking central <laughs> opponents i mean pnc park i have never been yet but i can't wait to see that skyline view one it's amazing day, so that, that's that's, I, that's something that's on my list that's definitely the best view i would say for sure that's the prettiest ballpark i think in the big leagues and and most underrated as far as aesthetics that's awesome that's very cool all right a couple more here we're keeping the energy up we're keeping the positivity here on this uh you know cb cba deadline day in major league baseball uh nick who's also participated a lot in the show says what he loves about baseball i just love the game i know it's a dumb answer but 
everything about baseball is amazing. As a 34-year-old, I still love going out and practicing and getting ready for softball. It's also a sign that winter is over. Mm. I love that answer Mm. for two reasons, that you're still playing softball, Nick. That's awesome. Uh, I I love it. Keep it going. Don't let anybody judge you for that. Like They're lame if they're judging you for what makes you happy. Uh, And then the other thing I want to say is that baseball, the game, is amazing. So I know nobody has Pac-12 Network in Wisconsin, but I've been calling games down here in Arizona. And on Friday, we had a game, uh, Arizona State versus BYU. BYU was twice out of their final strike with down by two runs in the top of the ninth inning. And with two strikes and two outs and two men on, a kid gets hit by a pitch and loads the bases down by two runs in the top of the ninth with two outs. Kid falls behind one and two. And pitch looked like it was called a strike, but it wasn't. Nonetheless, he hits a ball, barely fair down the right field line. The right fielder nearly makes an epic catch. It rolls to the wall. It's a bases-clearing triple. <laughs> BYU ends up winning the game by a final of 6-5. to five. Down to their final strike. <laughs> There's no clock. you got to throw it over the plate to the other team and give them a chance. That That's that's just a great example of it, and I got to see it, and a good reminder that I got to see firsthand. Yeah, all these little things like that, those little cliches are so cool when you see them and you live them, and that's really cool that BYU actually beat ASU. I know you're an ASU guy, but, I mean, just the fact that they had to be the underdog there going into ASU. I mean, just... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that can happen any given night, right? I mean, it just it depends who's... Um, who, who's got the momentum that game and who's got the better guy on the mound that game or who makes an epic play in that game. And so, yeah, I mean, there is no, there is no, um, there's no, there's a scoreboard. What am I trying to say? There is no shot clock or no, there's no clock yeah. in the game. And so down to their last strike. And uh, that's another reason why you love this game. And I love this game so much. So, um, I mean, yeah, we should just do a show of cliches at some point. There is no clock <laughs> and give stories behind it, but that's that's awesome. It's great. Uh, just last couple here. Uh, this one made me chuckle from Phil saying, knowing Lourdes will be a brewer. Uh, I think that's referring to Lourdes Gurriel saying we're going to get Lourdes in a trade. Um, <laughs> that'd be cool. I'd love that. He's a great player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where would he fit? I guess it doesn't matter. He's, he can play all around, mostly a corner outfield guy for me at this point or first base. But um, yeah, I mean, need a DH at some point as well. So they're they're probably going to be in the market once this lockout ends for, you know, to add a, a guy or two, you know, because of the DH. That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Uh, last one kind of wraps it all back up into the CBA. Uh, this one comes from Aaron, and she says... Being able to watch people who've worked so hard to live out their dreams of playing in the big leagues. This one means a lot because I know we've said it a million times, this CBA negotiation is not millionaires versus billionaires. This is the millionaires fighting for the thousandaires, trying to get them what they're worth. Because if you're working at a career for 14 years, right, let's say from age 10 to 24, right? Like I'm saying, like I'm using baseball as an example. If you work at something for 14 straight years, if you're working at your office every day for 14 straight years, wouldn't you expect a raise? Wouldn't you expect to be paid for your performance? Wouldn't you expect to be recognized for what you've done to get to this point? That's what we're fighting for here, is for the players that are not at free agency yet to make sure that they can get a little closer to what they're worth 
because this is a lifelong dream. This is a kid's game, and this has put so much work to get to this point to be fighting to play the game of baseball, and it's amazing to watch a big league debut or a first hit, a first strikeout, things like that, because it puts it into perspective when you see them hugging their parents and you see everything, the waves of emotion. This is not an easy game to play. It's not. It's even harder to make it to the big leagues, and we just want to see these moments happen again in good faith. Yeah, I mean, they will. Uh, we just don't want the game to be damaged when it does come back, yes. right? So that's kind of the idea. But that is that statement is the reason, probably the top reason why uh, I do love the game, right? Be, is because it 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 allows dreams to be to come true. As cheesy and as cliche that we talk about, like. That is, that's it. I mean, there are little boys right now that are watching games or watching swings or trying to figure out this game right now that they dream to play in the big leagues. And if I message this to the kids I work with all the time, if they believe it enough and if they work hard enough and they have just enough talent, they will, they will get there. And I'm living proof of that. I wasn't that talented of an athlete, yet I made it to the major leagues because of that complete burning desire to make it and my dreams came true of playing in the big leagues i didn't stay as long as i wanted to but um yeah that is such a cool part of this game that you can take a average athlete or marginal athlete and they can make it i would have never played in the nba or the nfl no matter how hard i worked couldn't run <laughs> fast enough and i can't dunk but i played in the major leagues because um, i wanted it bad enough and uh, that is such a cool part of this game that 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 can happen very awesome very very awesome so we're going to wrap up our episode with that thanks for everybody who participated in trying to brighten things up uh we know it sucks this week it's going to be a hard hard week uh we'll see what the rest of today entails we won't have another episode for a couple of days we got to figure things out i've got games uh we're figuring everything out with the lockout of course of how much content we have to produce and things like that. But uh, we do uh, have a great guest coming on. I've already got the commitment, so I'll go ahead and share it. Double uh, A voice of the Biloxi Shuckers, Garrett Green, will be joining us later this week. So be on the lookout for that in your feeds. We're going to talk about minor league baseball because they are unaffected by all of this. Minor league baseball is going to start right on time. So down in Biloxi, up in Appleton, down in Nashville, uh, and down in Zebulon as well, they're all starting on time. So take this energy and go support your minor league team. <laughs> And this will be a great way, great, great way to, to get things going to watch the baseball in 2022. Absolutely. Yep. Make sure you tune into that one. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, fantastic. So we'll see you next time. Be on the lookout. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We really appreciate everybody who has been subscribing. Drop a like, drop a rating, whatever it may be. Tell your friends you got Brewers Pod even during the lockout. He's Vinny. I'm Dom. Thanks so much for watching or listening. Until next time, keep on swinging. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.